Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. Today we're talking about facing the fear of loose skin. Uh, this came up in a coaching call I did the other day and I wanted to talk about this because this is very common and it gets to a deeper point that at the end of the day, if you're not losing weight, it's probably because you don't really want to for some reason. Uh, consciously, of course, you want to lose weight, but deep down, there might be some fear you have from losing the weight, and so you're avoiding it. And loose skin is probably at the top of that list. So what we want to do is we want to face this fear. And again, how we get through this fear is like how we get through all fears. We have to face it. And we have to make a decision about which direction we want to go in. Um, but this can be harder to do than, than it sounds, right? So if you have a fear of loose skin, the question we want to ask is, first off, well, actually, before we even ask the question, you want to relax, okay? Calm yourself down. Connect yourself to uh, the calm, grounded, relaxed person when you're at your best. And now we ask the question, do you want to be overweight, obese, with tight skin, or do you want to be at your goal weight, the healthy version of you with loose skin? And this isn't an easy answer necessarily, right? Because why? Because in our culture, when it comes to weight loss, we have been conditioned to only think about how we're going to look. Think about this, right? I mean, when it comes to dieting, every diet ad you've ever seen in your life is the before and after picture. It's always about how we look. And so... The idea that we're gonna lose weight and not look perfect is terrifying. And it kind of blows up the whole concept and idea that the diet industry has always put in our head. So we gotta take a step back. We've gotta ground ourselves and look at the big picture. We've gotta find other reasons we wanna lose weight other than just how we look, okay? Now, I'm of the belief that you're still gonna look better anyways because you're gonna be healthier. You're gonna be happier. Um, but you have to look at this issue dead on, square square on, because if you don't, again, these subconscious fears may prevent you from ever getting the weight loss results you're looking for. And so once we ask this question, I think it starts to become obvious a lot of times that I would rather have the health, the happiness, the longevity, the quality of life more than the tight skin, okay? Because we can't just say, I don't wanna have loose skin. That's what we say, so I don't wanna have loose skin. But we have to understand that, do I want to be obese with tight skin? Do I want to be overweight with tight skin and all that entails? Or do I want to be healthier, happier, live longer, have a better quality of life and have looser skin? Now, beyond that, and again, I don't, I don't know what choice you're going to make, but we're going to put the, them side by side. Um, now, I will get to the point that, that loose skin uh, this is one of those things that it comes down to a lot of factors. It comes down to your genetics, comes down to how quickly or slowly you lose the weight. It comes down to not just cutting calories, but transforming the calories so that you're eating healthier, more nourishing calories. You're cleaning up your lifestyle. These types of things can go a long way towards helping tighten the skin up ultimately, okay? But I wanna put that to the side because I wanna get right to the heart of the issue anyways, which is which do you choose? And we want to compare apples to apples here. We don't want to say to ourselves, I don't want to lose weight because I don't want to lose skin. We have to say, do I choose to have tight skin on an overweight, obese body? Or will I rather have a lean, healthy, happy body person who's going to live longer, have a better quality of life, um, and nourish myself, and my skin might be a little bit looser? Again, not, not necessarily what you want to hear, perhaps, okay? But we've got we to gotta face it if this is an issue or a challenge for you because otherwise it will prevent your success, no doubt about it. So spend some time and think about this, okay? Because if this has been something you've been struggling with, if you do clearly, when you put it this way, come out with saying, I want to be healthy and happy. I want to be more active. I want to be have more mobility, more flexibility, more strength. I want to live as long as I possibly can. I want to have the best quality of life that I possibly can. I want to be happier. I want to nourish myself. I want to feel good. Then you're going to find that you unleash a ton of motivation, okay? And you put this behind you. And I hope that's what you choose. All right. So take some time with this question. And I hope it helps you out. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. I will do my best to answer them. Let's see where we're at. Go back and see. I just like to go through the people that are on the call, see some familiar faces, some friends, some clients. Right. So it's always nice to see who's here. But yeah, any weight loss questions you may have, feel free to ask them. 
nothing nothing silly <laughs> Paula says I'm choosing the skin nice Paula and you were the inspiration for that so thank you for bringing that up because it allows me to um, help other people with it right um, opinions on Ezekiel bread my opinion on Ezekiel bread is I love it I eat Ezekiel bread every morning so yeah my opinion is that I think Ezekiel bread is a great 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 thing to eat if you like to eat bread Okay, now I will go, the disclaimer for me is that I like Ezekiel bread when it's toasted. I'm not a huge fan of Ezekiel bread that is not toasted. Um, however, they are constantly making it better and better, I would say. Um, but yeah, the beauty of Ezekiel bread, for those that don't know, is this is a great, great tool to have in your toolbox because what it is, as opposed to regular bread, regular bread uses flour, right? We take wheat and we ground it down into flour. Um, and that's what regular bread's made out of. Ezekiel bread's made out of sp sprouted grain, okay? And so what it simply comes down to is that flour is absorbed very quickly and has raised your blood sugar, okay? And it causes that whole, you know, you know, uh, roller coaster, you know, blood sugar, insulin release, you know, crash the glucose, that, that whole cycle. And so when we choose, um, when we choose to have uh, Ezekiel bread, it's a slower absorption, Okay. And so that's going to give you a more stable experience, you know, in life. It's going to be a more stable release of glucose into your blood, more stable insulin. Everything's just more stable. Your moods, your energy levels, your hunger, your nourishment, all of it. And so Ezekiel bread, I think, is really, really good. Um, yeah. And as Biscuit says, right, I love it too. It's so filling. It is absolutely filling. If you eat Ezekiel bread, um, I think you'll notice that it's way more filling. Why? Okay, folks, this gets down to the core philosophy here that it's not, it's not just about cutting calories, okay? Um, you can cut calories and lose weight, obviously, but it's hard to just cut calories if you're eating a lot of processed food, all right? And so when we switch the flour for sprouted bread, yeah, it feels way more filling, right? When we trade processed food for natural foods, it's way more filling because there's more fiber in it and it lasts longer. It's more satisfying, so... Yeah, I like the sesame kind toasted. I will agree. Most people seem to prefer Ezekiel when it's toasted. Now, one other thing quick about this is that when I shift over to Ezekiel, um, it wasn't the greatest thing for me, okay? So again, we're used to what we do. And when we switch, when we shift, um, there's a little bit of a getting used to period, okay? That, that's normal and natural. So, you know, I think that's important to understand because sometimes like, oh, Ezekiel bread is gross. Well, maybe, for, but you're going to get used to it. You know what I mean? Like it take you a week or so, and then that becomes the thing you like. You know, I, I've gone through that so many times, especially my morning routine. I shifted the, you know, flour bread and even whole wheat flour, folks, right? Flour is ground down to a powder. We don't want to be consuming powders, ideally. Okay. I'm not saying never, but on a regular basis, you don't want to be consuming powders in the form of flours and sugars. Okay. Because they're so grounded down, you just absorb them like that. And so when we can eat more, whole foods that takes longer to digest them that makes you feel fuller longer right and so as you transfer you know as you, as you transform your your what you're eating from processed foods to more natural foods um you know give yourself a little bit of time to to get used to it you know again my, my breakfast is one of the most obvious things. i used to eat like white bread like wonder bread with um jiff peanut butter you know that i've been eating that my whole life but again that's not what you want to eat Right, the, the the Wonder Bread might as well be sugar. I mean, it's just it's 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 absorbed like that on top of all the processed you know bullshit they put in it, um, and then Jeff the same thing. There's sugar in it, and it's just I, I, that's not what I want. I don't want to start my day with sugar and flour. You know what I mean? Like like what? Because what if I do? And when I did, uh, again, my my typical day of eating back in the day, I would have. Again, I didn't eat the worst cereals. I would have like, <laughs> yeah, they were the worst cereals, but they weren't the worst cereals, right? So I'd eat like Rice Krispies, Cheerios were big ones. I'd put sugar all over it, okay? Like like just scoop the sugar right on top of it. Then I eat the sugar on the bottom, all the granulated, okay? And then I'd have Wonder Bread, Jif peanut butter. Um, maybe I'd have a little bit of orange juice. Then usually an hour later, I'd have a donut, a muffin, or a, a croissant. I'd have my lunch, which was usually a big sandwich, chips, usually followed by a cookie, um, maybe chocolate milk. Then I'd have a snack in the afternoon, which was usually a bag of chips and a candy bar, maybe a soda. Then I'd have my dinner, which is usually the healthiest meal of the day for me. It was pretty solid. A lot of pasta, right? But but it was still solid. There was usually some vegetables, some meat. Um, and then I would eat after after dinner. I would snack on stuff all the whole time, 
you know, and then have a dessert as well. So, you know, if you want to eat a lot of food, I'd strongly suggest eating things like Wonder Bread and, and Jif because what it does is it just primes your hunger to be just off the charts. You're not satisfying your nourishment. You're not satisfying your hunger in any way. And so shifting over to Ezekiel bread, um, natural peanut butter, I'll usually have an apple and some peanut butter, right? And that will hold me over till noon, one o'clock, and I feel satisfied. So again, if you're hungry all the time, I can almost guarantee you it's because you're eating a lot of processed foods. At least that's almost the most common thing you got to first deal with. Anyways, so uh, I hope that helps out. But yeah, Ezekiel, I think is a great tool in your toolbox. Definitely, definitely. Um, Shamila says, I want to know your opinion on water fasting, please. People have lost so much weight through it. I did too many moons ago. Um, my feelings on water fasting, I get asked this every day and my feelings are always the same, but I mean, you've water fasted. What's your opinion on water fasting? That I lose a lot of weight? D did you keep it off? <laughs> I know people tell, oh, I water fasting. It kickstarted my, my weight loss. Well, yeah, but did it, did it last? I'm not saying, I guess it's not impossible. I mean, you could do a water fast and it magically just transforms all your cravings and your focus and your connection to your body. And then you eat great from that point forward, you know? But I more likely see what happens is people water fast because it's the fastest weight loss you can achieve is water fasting, okay? And so you start losing a lot of weight and um, at some point you got to start eating. Yeah, okay, Shamal said, I lost fat, you know, my sanity. I kept it off for 10 years through water fasting? You know, I, again, I, 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 you must have, what, you just dabbled water fasting in like the week or something or you water fast a couple times a month. What, what was your schedule? I, I'd love to know how you used water fasting over 10 years. Um, I lost fat in my sanity. I, I get the sanity part. I've seen people do it all the time because it's, it's torturous. Literally everything we're going to cover today, every question that'll be asked to me, it's always the same thing that, yeah, you'll probably lose weight with it in the short term and you can't keep it up long term. You'll probably hear me say that in 20 different ways to every answer is, is always the same answer that until you change your mindset, you're probably going to be in this never ending cycle of losing weight, doing something pretty intense and then putting it back on. And so I am here to help you master your weight. What does that mean? I don't want you to focus on the losing weight because the losing weight is just a phase to get to your goal weight. And your, your goal is not to get to your goal weight just, just to lose the weight. You, you know what I mean? Like, like you're, cause when you think about it that way, you're thinking, and this is how all dieters think, you're thinking that, um, once I lose the weight, I, I'm at my goal. I finished my goal, right? The, 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 the goal weight is the finish line. And that is not true. You've all lost weight and then put it back on. That was not the goal. The goal is to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot. And the strategies to lose weight quickly, to lose the weight and get to your goal weight, and the strategies to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on your autopilot are completely different most of the time. Because what are the strategies to lose weight? Cut your calories to 1,200, stop eating carbs, water fast, uh, Ozempic, um, you know, it just goes on and on, you know? And if it's just like, oh, this sucks, but I'm, I can do it until I lose the weight, that's not a good strategy. That's not a foundation to live at your goal weight because you don't like that way of living. And so I would suggest that you just slow down and you start to create a firm foundation under you, a strategy, a plan. And again, we always talk about the weight mastery pyramid, a mindset, lifestyle, eating approach that's customized for you, built for you, that allows you to live at your goal weight on your autopilot, which means you got to kind of like it, you know, you, you got to kind of enjoy it. And it's possible. It's, it's not such a crazy idea. I sit in front of you as someone who's done it and my clients have as well. It's not a crazy idea. It's just you never consider it because you're conditioned from birth to just lose weight like a dieter. You know, and that's how you think about it. So Shmuel says, I did fasting every Monday, to when every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It made me feel in control, but I must admit it was hard in the beginning. Well, Shmuel, you also got to admit it was hard at the end because you stopped doing it. Do you know what I mean? So we got to look at things honestly. And um, again, I'm, I'm not knocking it. I mean, if you love, so so I get asked, how, what do you think water fasting every day? Um, I listen, it's like the same as all of them. Any, any plan you ask me, intermittent fasting, water fasting, literally any strategy you can think of to lose weight. My question to you is how do you feel about it? Right? If you love water fasting, like if you love it, then go for it. Knock yourself out. Water fast Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Okay. But the average person has a really hard time doing that. 
You know, it, it's not really how most people want to live is my experience. If you love it, do it. If you hate it, don't do it. So I keep it that way. But we tell ourselves this story that don't, don't take this the wrong way, Shamal, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make an example of this because this is what everyone does, is just say exactly like this. Um, I did fast, I did water fasting every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, it made me feel in control, but I must admit it was hard in the beginning, right? And so the story we're telling ourselves, yeah, it was hard in the beginning, but then I felt in control and I lost all the weight for 10 years. But then why aren't you still doing it? Because it was hard at the end too. It, it was unpleasant. It's not, again, we have to, we can't just look at how much weight we're going to lose. We have to look at the way we're losing weight. How does that impact your quality of life? And if water fasting three days a week decreases your quality of life and makes it kind of miserable, where you're always dreading that next day where you got to water fast, then, then you're not going to stick with it because you're always going to prioritize quality of life over your weight. That's, that's why you're struggling now because your ways you think about losing weight reduce your quality of life. It's not a mystery. You know what you can do to lose weight. You don't want to do it because you don't like doing it. Let's not confuse it. And don't tell yourself this story that, oh, it was hard in the beginning, but then I got, I got into it and I was really, I loved water fasting. Well, then just start it again then. Or is it hard because it's in the beginning? You know, I don't, I don't know. So I don't know. We got to look at things honestly and accurately, you know? Um, opinion on Ozempic. Um, my opinion on Ozempic is getting worse and worse the more ads I see and uh, the more legit, you know, people I experience, you know, talk to that are on it. Um, because I think of it as, a, as a, a, just one more temporary fix. And, and, and we don't even know yet. You know, let, let's be honest. Ozempic's a new medicine. We don't even know what it's going to do ultimately. We don't know how it impacts you in the, in the holistic way. Um, we'll know in five years, 10 years, we'll see. Um, but we, we know for, one thing for sure now is that as long as you're taking it, you know, potentially, and again, it, it doesn't work for everyone, okay? But we do know that, that a percentage of people that take it, oh, it helps with the food noise, you know? And so the food noise is, is again, I always say that's going to be the, the phrase of 2024. If you haven't heard that enough yet, go get, get ready. Because I look, I see on my social media, I'm getting those, I'm getting, it's not just Ozempic, it's all the semaglutides. I'm getting them up my ears. I mean, they're just coming everywhere, and so that's what you're going to see. And, um, but what I look at, again, all I care about is long-term weight mastery. I, I don't give a shit if someone can lose 30 pounds in a month if it's not sustainable. And so Ozempic, it's right, right in the beginning. And, and I, 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 there's people in my program that are on it, you know? And so, again, it only works for a percentage of people. When it works for you, it works because it kind of makes you feel nauseous when you think about food. You know, and for some people, it works magically and it turns the food noise off as long as you're taking it. And there's a lot of anxiety I see with people on it because they don't want to be on it forever. It's an intense medicine and it's expensive as shit. And so it doesn't fix the problem. And so what I'm seeing with people is they're losing some weight with it, but they got that same anxiety. They know they haven't solved the problem. It's a Band-Aid. And I don't think any of us could argue with that. It's a Band-Aid. And so I know dieters think, well, I don't give a shit, Jim. I just want to lose the weight and then I'll figure it out. Well, you're not figuring it out. People that are on it in my program are, are probably, that's probably one of the best strategies if you want to do it. Um, at least work on figuring out the actual solution because if you're just going to take Ozempic, unless you just plan on being it forever, um, what's your plan? What's your plan? It's, it's not a real solution. And on top of it, again, if we go back to the weight mastery pyramid, which really I look at as the personal development period pyramid, um, is mindset, lifestyle, eating. Okay, so you take a pill and now you eat less food. Okay, well, your lifestyle still is unhealthy. Your mindset isn't fixed. I'm telling you, it's just abandoned. Because I talk to these people, they're just as anxious about their weight. And they're like, because now they're dealing with, am I really going to be on this for the rest of my life? So that's what you have to ask yourself. And if not, then it's anxiety inducing. Because you're like, what am I going to, and then you're nervous, you get off of it. It doesn't feel real. And it's not. You're not learning how to eat right. You're not learning how to deal. Food noise, by the way, folks, I've been dealing with food noise for 30 years. This whole food noise thing pisses me off because it's not, you're not dealing with food noise. You're just, you're, you're taking a medicine that's blocking it and you're not genuinely dealing with it. Your food noise is your internal dialogue, like how you talk to yourself. So let me give you an example. Usually, if you're watching me right now, you're an overthinker and you have an extremely critical voice in your head. You're probably somewhat of a perfectionist. And you know what I notice is that that voice, you could take Ozempic and that voice gets even worse because now you start losing weight and that voice in your head's like, you couldn't do it yourself. You're just too weak to do it on your own. You need this medicine. So let me know how it goes. Again, I, I'm not, not everyone's like that. Some people aren't overthinkers and just give me the medicine. They just go about their happy way. 
I work with overthinkers, perfectionists, people that are usually successful professionally in their personal lives as parents or, or whatever have you, and they have a high bar for themselves. And so taking the Ozempic feels like they're cheating and they don't feel good about it. Just to be honest, they're losing weight, they're happy about that, but they're anxious and not happy with how they're doing it. So I, again, there's 8 billion people on the planet. So I, you know what I mean? I'm not trying, what I do doesn't work for everyone. Nothing works for everyone. But again, it, it does, I think you're, how is that going to work for you depends on a lot of factors. It's not a magic pill. It doesn't fix shit for good. The only way, there's one way to fix your weight long-term. One way and one way only. There's only ever been one way and there only will ever be one way to fix your weight for good so that you can live your weight for the rest of your life on your autopilot and that is to change your mindset. And the Ozempic's a cheating way to do it. It's not really fixing it. It's just not. And so you compare that to learning how to, again, program yourself. Then we go through six categories for your mindset. You don't know how to change your mindset. You have no idea about your mindset. You think a mindset is willpower. You know, oh, I need to have the right mindset. But you don't know how to actually, what are the nuts and bolts of your mindset, right? And program yourself then. It's motivation. Do you know how to motivate yourself? Your self-image. Your weight is a physical projection of your mental self. You can be on Ozempic and you still think of yourself as a fat person. And it, it's not creating the result you want. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Um, so we got motivation, self-image, habits. Do you know how to, how to install and how to change habits in a strategic way that's backed by neuroscience? Probably not. And this is Ozempic's not going to help you with this. Ozempic's not going to help you get healthier. I mean, if you lose the weight, you get healthier. So technically there's that. But I'm talking about actually adding the habits that you want to have in your life. Emotions. Do you know how to deal with the emotions do you know how to feel the emotions you want to feel and deal with the emotions you don't want to feel? Ozempic's not teaching you this. So, you know, listen, your, your weight, the main cause of your overeating is you don't know how to deal with the emotions that you're experiencing because we've been conditioned in society to use food as the main emotional management strategy. And so you never learn to deal with emotions with Ozempic. Um, thinking, you don't learn how to think like a thin and healthy person. You just kind of, it's like Prozac, right? It, Ozempic's going to be like Prozac. And Prozac, again, I'm not saying it doesn't have a... a proper place but they over prescribes Prozac and what a lot of people felt like I don't feel like myself they kind of it turned things down turned everything down okay and then finally maintenance do you have strategies to maintain through life because life goes up and down you know and do you have the, the ability and the strategies to deal with those ups and downs so that's a real genuine mindset that if you develop it work on it create it that's the foundation then there's the lifestyle piece okay what's the lifestyle there's eight habits of a healthy lifestyle in my opinion in order of importance proper sleep, hydration, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude. So is Ozempic going to help you with any of those? Nope. It'll help you eat less food. Okay. And then there's the eating strategies, you know? So it's again, with Ozempic, you're, you don't enjoy food the way you used to either. So again, I don't, I'm not um, impressed by Ozempic. I, I'm happy for people that are type two diabetic. It helps you produce more insulin. Great. If you're morbidly obese, and you don't have time for the, the mindset work or whatever, you need fast, something to help out, go for it. But I would use it as a supplement while you create a real legitimate plan to live at your goal weight forever. Um, I've attached my self-worth to my weight. I like someone and I'm worried they may judge me. I'm not overweight, but not at the ideal weight. Um, how do I prevent this? How do I become confident in any weight? I feel like I don't deserve anything good since I'm not at my goal weight. Yeah, and that's a great question because a lot of people feel that way and that's what you got to work through, you know? Um, I will tell you this, and I, I don't know how old you are, but I, I've had some conversations, um, like, like younger women, older teenage into, into early 20s, and they're so at the mercy of this, this social media, you know, because you're constantly, you know, geez, it was bad enough when we're constantly getting celebrities in our face that, that seemed perfect, Okay, 22. Yeah, so this person's 22. So so this is for you, okay? And I think this applies to everyone, but especially kind of women, especially between the ages of, I don't know, 13, 14 to like 25, I suppose. Um, again, it, it was bad enough. For me growing up, it was always celebrities in my face, right? I'm always kind of, I want to look like Brad Pitt. I want to look like this. And now it's almost worse because social media, now they're not like like technically celebrities. They're just people just doing, but they're all perfect, you know? And so there's all this pressure about how you look. What I will say is this, that if you like someone and you're worried if they're going to like you, I would suggest that if they don't like you for who you are, it may not be the relationship you want to get into. So again, take this or leave this. I don't know. I'm a dad. I got a teenage daughter. And I tell this all the time. If we try to look perfect, be the perfect weight so that we can have everyone like us and be attractive to them, who are we going to attract with that mindset? If we think we got to be 
a tiny X amount of pounds to deserve love and to feel like people are going to love us. Who do you think you're going to attract into your life with that? As opposed to if you value who you are as a person first and put that out into the world so that you attract a person who values who you are as a person. So, you know, so much of reality is we're broadcasting invisible um, radio waves into the into the ether in, to attract our reality in. And so if we think we got to look perfect in order to attract someone into our lives, that, that that's a sketchy proposition to begin with, right? Um, would you choose, and now again, here's the question, you know, and I'll put it right back on you. Whoever you're interested in, do they have to look absolutely perfect? Do they have to be the perfect weight or you're not interested? Now that answer will reveal a lot. Yeah, they got to look absolutely perfect. Well, then you better look perfect because that's, that's what you value. And, and that's what you want the person who you want to attract in there to value. I'm not judging it, but I'm just saying if you're looking at the person and you're like, oh, no, the weight. Yeah, okay, they say no, <laughs> right? So for you, right, you, why? Because so, you're, so you're not just judging a person. You don't just want to be in a relationship with someone just based on how they look? No, no, of course not. I, I can say a whole person. I want someone who's funny and smart and driven and intelligent and nice and kind and da 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 right? But then you, so what are you going to be? Who gives a shit about all those things for me? I just need to look a certain way. I need to be X amount of pounds or I'm not worthy. See, that's the bullshit that's been put, especially into young women, especially. And you can't, you, you can absorb it if you want to, but it's my job here to kind of let you know that that's a decision that you can make. And you can also say, fuck that. I'm not buying into that. I don't want to look like this so that I attract all the dipshits in my life. I don't want that. I'm going to put out to the world, I'm going to broadcast out to the world that I'm this whole beautiful, amazing person. And if those people there don't value that, it's perfect. <laughs> That's what I want. I want those people that just value superficial looks to go away. Because if, if you get a person in your life that only values you for your superficial looks, I, you tell me how that all plays out. I think we all know, but sometimes we get so caught in it that we just kind of forget about it. So again, I, I would think about that from a different angle. And again, I've, I've had a number of conversations with, with people like this. And I think when you start thinking, um, when you start, when you take a step back and look at the big picture, who do you want to attract in your life? Who do you actually want to be in relationships with? And if it's a person that is just cares about superficial looks, that generally is not the person we want to bring in, you know? So start, start thinking about it a little bit deeper and, and you may, you know, start to change the way you feel about a lot of those things. Um, do you believe in three meals or six mini meals or just whatever works per individual? Um, yeah, whatever works per individual. I, I, I Again, there are eight, 8 billion people on the planet. Um, I haven't worked with 8 billion people, but I've worked with a lot of people, right? I've done almost 6,000 private weight loss sessions at this point. And one thing I've learned is that we are all so different. And this is why the diet industry sucks, because they're always giving you a one-size-fits-all solution, right? Think about this. Right. There, there's the main diets that you know about keto, intermittent fasting, Weight Watchers. Right. It's, it's always like it's this answer that's for everyone. No way. No way. So, again, my, my approach is that you, you know, I give you kind of basic structures to work around, but you've got to customize it to you because everyone's unique. Some people thrive with three meals. Some people thrive with six mini meals. You know, I don't know if she's here. Jody's in the program and um, she she has like five meals a day and that really works for her. Great. I stick with three. So who gives a shit? <laughs> you know, again, if I could say anything, there's no right or wrong. Right? This is the, the main mantra of program yourself then is that there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. And I think that's really valuable. Let that land inside of you, because I think a lot of times when it comes to weight loss. People are like, I got to do this. I, I, I always kind of just define it as like most dieters. It's kind of like they're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. You're trying to force yourself to do something that doesn't resonate with you. And that's a core reason why you're still stuck all these years later. You know, if you start honoring yourself and really building whatever you're going to do to lose weight around who you are as a person, around your unique genetics, preferences, and lifestyle, I think you're going to get a lot further in the process. Um, let's see here. I'll get some questions. If anyone has questions, feel free to get them. We're caught up there. Um, 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 um. My question about water fasting is how do you function? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, again, I, I will say, I mean, that, that's a somewhat strategic way. A lot of times the water fasting is they're, they're long-term in it. They're doing 10 days, you know, these long-term water fasts. And that to me is the ultimate, you know, sure, if you're doing some spiritual reason or some, if you have some other reason other than weight loss, that's a different story. But if you're water fasting long-term for weight loss, I think that's one of the, the best ways to really 
screw up your weight, your mindset, your motivation, all the rest of it. Because there is nothing more discouraging than losing weight in a way that you know is not going to last. And so those water fasts are almost always, the, the foundation of those water fasts is just intense stress and anxiety that what's going to happen after I come off the water fast. You know, it's unsustainable. And it's just, it's like, it's building a house on quicksand. It, it's just no point to it, you know? Um, and yeah, how do you function? I, I think the same thing. I've done like master cleanses for a couple of days and I hated it. I, I did, I hate long-term fasting. Um, so, but that's my experience. Again, I'm not knocking if someone's, someone's different. They can fast for three, four days and they don't feel tired at all. They feel absolutely energized and amazed. Well, then that's a different story. When I did it, I would, I was anxious as it came forward. I was dreading it. And then I would do it and I was miserable. I'd have headaches. I was really tired. I was exhausted. And then after I was done with it, I was obsessed with food for a while. And so it didn't work well for me at all. Um, so not a big fan of water fasting. It's mostly water weight on a water fast. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you just put it right back on. It's just, it's not sustainable. This is what I'm trying to say. It's like the, the diet or mindset is just focused on fast weight loss. But what I'm trying to keep reinforcing in you all is to start looking at the bigger picture. I, I don't, I don't understand the, the point of losing weight. And I know what dieters always say. They always say, well, when I get to the goal weight, I'll figure it out. You won't. You just won't. I mean, how many times have you said that and it doesn't work? So you got to look at the longer term picture. And I think that helps set you up for better success. I'm college age and I've been trying to lose my freshman 15 for years now. <laughs> um, yeah, the freshman 15. Yeah, the freshman 15 is tough. I mean, like your body's changing. You know, all of a sudden there's this food there. It's not as structured. It's a new environment. Um, it is what it is, you know? So, uh, but I mean, college is a great time to start, you know? So you don't want to lose. Here, here's what I will say. I'll, I'll give you this suggestion. I would suggest that if you want to lose weight, stop talking about how much weight you want to lose. I, I think, I think this shift is, is exponentially beneficial where you stop saying, I want to lose X amount of pounds. And you start saying, I want to live at X amount of pounds. When we talk about weight loss subconsciously, we're always referencing our overweight self. And when we say I want to weigh X amount of pounds, we're referencing our goal weight, our ideal self. And so it creates a subconscious, a different picture in our mind. And it, it's, a, it's a minor thing, but it, it's something I think that's helpful. And again, it's geared at the, the point that we don't want to lose weight. We want to live at our goal weight for the rest of our lives on near autopilot. That, that distinction is, is enormously helpful. You know, so because if we just think about losing weight, it, it just it's got a temporary frame to it. And once we think temporarily, it leads to all sorts of problems. When we think long term, I want to live in my goal weight because that's the goal. How long you want to lose this freshman freshman 15 for? Forever, right? How long you want to lose the weight for, folks? Forever. So start talking about it that way. You don't talk or think about it that way. And that's because the diet industry doesn't want you to. Man, I'm watching this book, this show. Um, you are what you eat. I don't know if y'all seen this on Netflix, right? Um, and it's so great. My man, Gregor, I love this guy. I love this guy. That's one of my goals is, is to be able to interview him. I, I just think he's awesome. I think he's the Michael Jordan of nutrition research. And I, I just, I am thankful for him. He wrote a great book. The most best book I've read in 10 years, nutrition wise, I guess ever maybe is how not to die. I love that book so much. I think he's awesome. And, uh, it's great watching this series to be honest. And, uh, but it reminds me too of just what we're up against, you know. Uh, that I, I got a second book that it's already in the works. It's called the Obesity Conspiracy. Um, but the diet industry is a big part of this because the diet industry is the food industry, folks. Okay, so this is why you're stuck with weight loss. You're not learning from a reputable source. You know, all the big diets you're referencing to lose weight are owned by the big food companies. Weight Watchers is owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Atkins Food Products is owned by the same company as Onions, Pretzels, and Cinnabon. Slim Fast owned by the same company owns Ben and Jerry's. They're all, they're getting you coming and going. And the most insidious part is is the dieting piece because you think you're you're in a hypnotic state where you're absorbing all the dumb shit they're saying and you're believing it. But of course, you wouldn't believe the McDonald's. McDonald's put a diet out. You're probably not going to believe it, right? I hope. <laughs> and so they're not teaching you things that are going to get you the results you want. And so as a dieter, you think about weight loss completely wrong. And, and then the big way you think about it wrong is that you think about weight loss as a temporary thing. You think I'm going to diet until I lose the weight. That's how you subconsciously frame weight loss as a temporary thing I'm going to do. And as soon as you think of it as a temporary thing, the next idea comes, well, if it's temporary, let's get it over as quick as possible. 
And that sets you up to choose extreme things that are unsustainable. You don't even take into account as it's sustainable. You're just saying, I just want to lose the weight. As if once you get to your goal weight, something magical happens and you'll just stay there. Even though you've lost the weight and put it back on a number of times, you still somehow still believe that you're going to get to your goal weight and magically it's just going to change everything. And so, again, it it really is true. Like, like your weight, if you live in America especially, your weight really, if you're struggling with your weight, it, it really isn't your fault, like in a lot of ways, because you literally don't know what to do. You, you're constantly being told what to do. Like you have a good sense of like what you should eat and what you shouldn't eat. That, that part you know. But the, the biggest hole in your weight loss game, which is the most important one, is that you have almost zero ability to get yourself to eat that way consistently. Which is to say you have almost no ability to influence your behaviors, to change your mindset. You've never learned it. You have no idea how to do it. And so what do you do? You try and use willpower. You try and force yourself to act different. It lasts for a couple of days and then you go back to doing what you always do. And that's the cycle you're stuck in and will continue to be stuck in until you learn how to change your mindset. So I will say, you know, you're a little, please do this. If you're really even serious about your weight, which you're probably not. But um, if you are serious about your weight, I would suggest you go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session and watch the training I give you. It's all free. Okay. Um, open yourself up to a new way of, of dealing with your weight. God, what do you, how many times you, how long have you been trying to diet for? I mean, what do you want, decades now? Decades trying to lose the weight doing diets with shit that doesn't work? You know, I mean, humans are like this. We, we, we tend to keep doing the same shit. Even if, I mean, we even have this, the quote of it, right? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. We have that quote because that's what we do. And when it comes to weight loss, it's even worse because you're constantly conditioned to think like a dieter and you're trapped. You're trapped like a dieter. A dieter never loses the weight for good. A dieter loses the weight for a little while and then puts it back on and struggles forever. Right? I mean, that's, that's the, the definition of a dieter. And so you're not even, you're not even aimed at. Your, your goal isn't even. Like, like, honestly, right? Your goal, I just want to lose the weight. I just want to lose the weight. I just want to lose the weight. You say that like a mantra a thousand times a day in your head every day. And you're not losing any weight. And so that's not even your fucking goal. The goal is to get to your goal weight and live the rest of your life at your goal weight on your autopilot. You're never articulating the goal that way. I bet people argue, oh, no, Jim, well, once I lose it, then I'm going to figure it out. Well, what happened the last five times you lost the weight and didn't figure it out? What, 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 did, are we not just going to ignore that? I'm not picking on the person that said it, but, but again, that person was saying, oh, water fasting was great. It was hard in the beginning, but it was great. Well, then why aren't you doing it? Do you know what I mean? Like, like, we've got to wake the fuck up. You're in like a trance. You're, you're not seeing the weight and you're, you're doing the same thing over and over. Are you not? Here we are, January 10th of 2024. Are you still on your plan? Is this still a new new year, new you still? Or back to the new year, old you? I'm not trying to be an asshole here. I'm trying to wake you up. You, you've got to do things differently. You, you can't keep, what, what are you going to, are you going to start your keto plan next Monday and that's that's your plan for success? You're going to join Weight Watchers on Sunday night? Is that That's your plan? What would be different? <laughs> like what would be different between the last 10 times you tried it and this Sunday night? Like, what's the difference? Because until something changes in here, what's going to be different? <laughs> yeah. Yes, but I'm only three days in. Yeah, three days, right? So again, this year was funny, right? Everyone wants to start January 1st, but you can't start January 1st this year because it was a Monday, right? If, if January 1st was Sunday, people might have a chance. But, but January 1st was Monday. Mm, I'm not going to start on a holiday. I'll give myself one more day. I'll start tomorrow. No, you won't because you can't start a diet on Tuesday. You can't start a diet any other day than Monday, right? Cause why? Why? Because that's how you're conditioned, you know? And so you say, okay, fuck it. First week, look at the first we go. First official week of the year, Monday, right? And then here comes Monday, right? And so now, you know, again, a lot of people on Monday, Tuesday, I'm three days in. Hey, how's it feeling though? You know what I mean? If it's not white knuckling yet, let me know how you're doing Friday afternoon, you know? Again, I'm, I'm not trying to be negative here. I'm absolutely not. I care more about your weight than you do. <laughs> Right? Someone's saying that. Like, I, I'm maybe I'm the most passionate person on the planet about weight. I think Gregor is the most passionate person about nutrition and health. And I might be the most passionate person about your weight. You know, I, I get on here every day talking for an hour, two hours every day, you know, just for free, just trying to help you out. I give you hypnosis sessions, I give you training, I email you every day, all for free. Yes, I got a program too. Yes, I do coaching that you can invest in, but I, I'll help you for free. I care about this. To me, this is life and death. You know, if you don't know my story, my dad died at 54 of a heart attack. So this to me is life and death. 
and I want you to live as long as you can, and I want you to have the best quality of life while you're here. So, so please understand that everything I'm saying, it, it comes from a place of love. I, I want you to get the best results possible. But I also know that dieting's not that. You're, you're never gonna lose a weight with dieting. I'm just saying it straight out. Why would you? How many times, how many times? D Huff, if you don't mind me asking, what's your plan? You're, you're three days in, what, what are you doing? I, I don't wanna, again, I'm not, I'm not looking to sandbag your, your approaches. Um, I'm looking to improve them. You know what I mean? Again, I'm not against keto. Like I, I practice some, um, oh geez, oh wow. Um, yeah, they go, you, you're what's different this time. Though that, that, I, I would take that, I will take that because I am what's different. I, I'm the thing that's different for your weight loss folks. I don't have a God complex here, I don't. But um, it comes back to the Einstein quote that the same level of thinking that created the problem can't solve the problem. I am, as best as I know, a different form of, I'm a different form of thinking for you. I, I, I'm something that, you know, it's like you take a glass of milk and you add some chocolate syrup to it and you stir it. At some point, it, it changes from white to chocolate. You know, I'm, I'm like that chocolate sauce in, in the milk. I, I'm changing your mindset and it changes you in a fundamental way because I'm going at the beliefs you've been holding that haven't been questioned, that haven't been working for you. Um, I'm going at the subtle things that are truly giving you the results. So that's awesome. And I, and I wish you the best with this. Um, I'll let you know I'm doing Friday. Good. Okay. But you got a better plan. I'm calorie counting, walking and lifting. Okay. That's good. I let, it's, it's a couple things. So, so I, I'm feeling good about that. Um, my dad died 52 of a heart disease. Yeah. Okay. So, so you, hopefully you're, you're more motivated than the average person, right? Cause this is, this is real to you. This isn't just want to look better in a bathing suit. This is, this is life and death, right? Same with me. I, I can't tell you the happiest decision I made in my life. The happiest. I, I'd say above <laughs> getting married and having kids is I'm so thankful. I changed my mindset, lifestyle and eating and mastered my weight back when I was 19. Okay. Because here I am almost 50. And you know what I found out the last couple of years is that I, I have, um, I have high cholesterol. I'm practically a vegan folks. My cholesterol was 250, you know? So I look at my dad who he ate, he didn't eat like the worst food, but he ate constantly. Like, like he was an eater. He was known as an eater, eating all the time, unhealthy lifestyle. And I think, geez, if he had this cholesterol issue, he didn't have a chance. 54, so young. And on top of that, by the way, he was a twin. His twin lived another 30 years, you know? So I'm so thankful that I changed my diet and how I, my, my, again, my, my weight mastery, I took that as a, as a main focus of my life back when I was 19. The best decision I've ever made in my life. You know, then comes getting married and having kids. <laughs> but, because uh, if, if I didn't do that, I, I don't think I would have been around long. I genuinely don't, you know? And so, yeah, for, for you, it's really important. Yeah, you're 40 now, right? Now's the time to get this under control because it's life and death for you, most likely. I mean, it's, it's, again, with that family history, it's more important for you than the average person who doesn't have that history, okay? Um, yep, been listening every day for a few months and have easily lost 10 pounds so far. I will screenshot that. Um, I just stack these up, guys. You know, I'm, I'm helping people all over the place lose weight. It's, it's, this is a dream come true, I tell you. Like, my life just gets better and better every day. And uh, helping you all, it, it really, it thrills me. Great job, Mackenzie. That's awesome. <clears throat> Thank you for these videos. I love my healthy mindset and lifestyle. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. So I am the different. I'm happy for you. So D Huff, you're going to do great because it's different this time. Um, but yeah, stay, stay here. I'll, I'll talk to you too. I'll, I'll literally let me know if all of a sudden you fall off track, you get on one of these calls and, I, and we'll talk through it, right? I'll help you with it. Uh, what's up, Karen? How's it going? Um, Hedy says people are like doctors. They don't look for the cause of an issue. They want a bandaid. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we've been conditioned to just look for band-aids by the diet industry and the medical industry, right? No one ever wants to get to the source of the problem. I thought that was interesting in that show um, that I'm watching. And I highly recommend it. Uh, you are what you eat. They were interviewing, I forget his name now, is Eric Adams. He's the mayor of New York, but I guess he was, he had, he was pre-diabetic, I believe, um, type two. And, you know, they, they started on the whole path of, you know, you're gonna have a lifetime of medicines and all the rest of it. And he questioned all that. And he basically transformed his diet and his nutrition and reversed all of it. And so we do live in a world, I, I love doctors, I love medicine, um, but it's up to you to take control of your health, your nutrition, your lifestyle, and um, how you feel, you know? You're the, you're, a, you're the only one you can count on. I hate to say it. 
Um, we, we rely on doctors when we have to, but you've got a co-doctor at this point. You've got to take your own health as your own responsibility, you know, and it's a very hostile world out there. Um, I don't think, I don't think the, the food, I don't think the food companies, the diets and the doctors want to hurt you at all. Um, but I think that's just a natural consequence of them making money. You know, the, the medical model is built on treating symptoms. I don't think they want to find the cures. That's my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, the food companies, I don't think they want to kill you, but I think they want to make profits. It just so happens. And by the way, the food companies and the cigarette companies are the same thing, just so you know. Um, the, the, where we're at with food is exactly where we're at with cigarettes in the 50s, 60s. You know, there was plenty of evidence that it was really bad for you, but it wasn't out in the public space. There will be food labels. There will be warning labels on food within 20 years. It's up to you whether you want to wait for those labels to get out to change your eating or do it now. Okay. But that'll be 20 years of shit you put in your body that is literally killing you like cigarettes do. So again, yes, the food industry is the cigarette companies. Do you know that Nabisco and RJR Reynolds are literally merged together to be the same company? They're merged together, the same company. Do you know the parent company of Kraft is Philip Morris? So with all these processed foods, it's, it's the same. It's the cigarette companies divested in the 70s from the cigarettes because they knew the shit was coming out. They went into the food industry and they started making... Um, they, they brought the same philosophy to make the most addictive products, use the most aggressive marketing possible, and to confuse the public about the effects of it. You're, you're subconsciously, you minimize the effects these foods are having on you, just the same way people minimize the, the effects of cigarettes we're having on them. So um, I got to show you, I'm going to print it out because I always want to see it. But, um, you know, if you look at the rates of obesity and type 2 diabetes in America over the last 50 years, it's absolutely shocking. I mean, it's absolutely shocking. It all started right in the 70s, though. I'm not just going to blame the cigarette companies, but it is, they're a big part of it because they're a big part of putting all this processed food and all these, you know, this marketing gets addicted to it, um, you know, buying off politicians, getting this shit everywhere in schools, all the rest of it. And, um, you know, it, it's a direct line. So if you're wondering, it, it's not, you know, it, 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 they always want to get us down to calories. They want to get, oh, low fat. Is it fat? Is it carbs? What is it? It's, it's processed food. You know what I mean? Is the main thing. Um, it's the way we think about food, you know, the way they've infected our mindset. These are the big things. Um, Ozempic has serious side effects. Yeah, we will learn about those over time. I can almost guarantee it. There has been, folks, in your life, has there ever been a magical weight loss cure? Has anything panned out, would we say? Does anyone have any, any opinions on, on that there having been a, a, a miracle cure for weight loss? Was it Fenfen? Was it some diet? Was it the surgeries? Will it be Ozempic and, and the semaglutides? I don't think so, but that's up for you to decide. I'm not going to lie. When you love someone, you don't care. Exactly. Yeah. They were talking about, again, how you look, right? So again, you know, getting back to that conversation, you know, if, if you, you know, if you judge your, your self-worth on how you look, you're, you're projecting that out to the world, you know, and you're probably going to attract someone that, that doesn't love you the way you want to be loved. Um, love what you're saying about superficial looks. Feeling good and healthy for yourself is key. Absolutely, absolutely. That's why you need to you need to tap into a deeper motivation because the diet industry has conditioned you to think about you. Okay, let's just get right to it. You're not motivated to lose weight. You don't want to lose weight. If you're if you're overweight and you're not actively losing weight, it's because you don't want to lose weight. You wish you'd lose weight, right? You wish you were thinner. You wish all of a sudden tomorrow you start eating better and losing the weight, but you don't want to. You want to keep eating and living the way you're living more than you want to lose the weight. It's that simple. It's that simple. If you're not doing the things to lose weight, it's because you don't want to. Okay? Now, the reason you don't want to is because you've got shitty motivation because you have been conditioned your entire life to think about your weight loss motivation superficially. Why do you want to lose weight? Because I want to look better. And why wouldn't you think that? Every, every weight loss ad you've seen is a before and after picture. So you think superficially. You think, I want to look better is your main motivation to lose weight. And that ain't enough motivation. You want to argue with me about it? <laughs> you know what I mean? I know you think it should be enough. I know you obsessively think you want to look better, but are you losing weight? Are you eating the right things? Are you doing the right stuff? And if you're not, it's because you're not motivated. When you're really motivated, you'd be amazed at what you can accomplish. You know, so we've been conditioned to think about motivation for weight loss as a visual thing. I want to look better. And there's no real motivation there. You know, you need a deeper motivation to get the results you're looking for. Um, yeah. Oh, shit. I just passed it. Um, yep, Jody. How are you doing, Jody? Uh, I am here. Five meals, three clean, one pleasure, then rotate. Works for me. Oh, that's a great way. I never thought of that. I never asked about that one. That's interesting. 
That's great. Again, see, Jody's in the program, and, and that's the key point I want to make is that she's taken like what I've offered, and I give best practices, like what works for the majority of people, but what works for the majority of people doesn't work for everyone. And so Jody's, you know, customized it to what works for her. Great. I ain't mad at that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, oh, we got to do it this way. You know what I mean? Like, like as soon as you hear someone saying, you got to do it that way, real rigid and strict, you should run the other way. Because one thing they know about diets overall is that the more rigid and strict it is, the less likely you're going to succeed with it long term. And so I, I love that, Jody. I love that you've customized it to yourself because now it's built for you. Um, <laughs> Astrid's riding her bike. You guys want to ride a bike? Want to ride a bike? Yeah, that's great. Good one. <laughs> that's funny. I've been watching that show too with my twin sister. Actually, oh my god, you got a twin sister? That's interesting. That that's fascinating. That's so that's crazy. Yeah, it, it's so good. I, I I love it against all my favorite people. I, I love the Stanford guy. I keep blanking on his name. He he's I love him. He's great. And then then Gregor to me is is this the? I, I love that guy. I I really do. I just tell you, he is the. Uh, what is he? He's like the. I call him the Michael Jordan research, but he's bigger than that. I'm telling you, this guy. I think by it's all said and done, he's going to be more responsible for, for saving more lives than maybe anyone. I, I don't know if I'm being dramatic, but I just think the world of him, I, I think he's great, you know? And I think what he's getting out there saying, I think, man, what, what a gutsy guy, you know? It's a crazy world out there, you know? It's a crazy world, you know? When you can take Oprah down, you know you're, you're up against some stuff, right? Remember Oprah mentioned like, well, eat, eat, a, less, eat a little less hamburger, right? And they, they sued her and took her, you know, and she lost, I think, you know? Um, but damn, when you could take Oprah on and win, ew. you know, there's a lot of forces that are invisible to us that are at play to get you to eat like shit and to sabotage your health. And we just don't see them. And I think Gregor's right out the front lines of, of really exposing them. Yeah. Karen's watching it. Yeah. It's, it's super good. Super good. Um, <laughs> Paul says only been trying for 50 years now. Mindset time. Yeah. And, and it sucks, right? Again, regret is one of the hardest parts of actually, I would say people that get in my program and like we really start making some headway and some work with with what we're doing. One of the biggest challenges then is the regret. Like, God damn it. Why didn't I know this 40 years ago? You know, but you got to let that go because now is better, right? When they say um, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. You, you know what I mean? So it's that kind of mindset. So, so good job, Paul. You're there now. And what you'll find out is that part of the mindset shift is you will realize that the biggest, the biggest benefits of, of mastering your weight are not visual. They're not how you look. They're how you feel. They're who you are. They're what you accomplish and what you experience in your life. That That's the real benefit. Yeah, Myra says, Jim's full first week of January. Of course, right? It's just what we do. Um, what do you sell? Um, I don't sell anything. I mean, I got a coaching program and I have programs, you know, so it's like, it's not that I don't do that, but I don't get on here to sell stuff. You know, I do advertising and things like that, but... Um, that that to me is the, is the that's the secret here for me. Um, I always call it like the the Robin Hood model, you know, because because there's people that pay me a lot of money to work with me, and that allows me the time to get on here and talk for free, offer free stuff. I do trainings, I do the rest of it. So um, it, it it frees me up to be honest. And I think the weight loss industry is the the most deceptive, lying industry on the planet. You know, it, it, at least one of them. And uh, you're constantly getting. I don't blame, I think there's a lot of good people in it, but I think it gets overshadowed by a lot of corporate interests. And so you're never getting a clear idea. And that's part of the plan. They want you to be confused because a confused mind is a stuck mind that doesn't do anything, you know? So um, yeah, I'm not selling anything on here. That's why I can be honest because I don't give a shit. I don't care if you get my program or not. <laughs> it's up to you. If you want to look into it and get it, cool. I'll, I'll be happy to work with you. But um, I don't know. What am I saying? I'm selling like, what did I see yesterday? That was the big one yesterday. Someone kept asking about the feel great system. You know, I always tell you if anyone promising you that some powder or pill or tea is going to change your weight, it's not, it's not, you know, save your money, please. <laughs> he says, I like the way you think. Thank you. Bramley apples out in Scotland. I remember you. I keep meaning to try a Bramley apple. <laughs> I was saying, I was saying, I literally was thinking about you the other day. Can you imagine this? I was cutting up my apple. And I was like, damn, those Bramley apples must be pretty good if that's like the, the screen name you chose, <laughs> right? Do you love them? They're that good. I, I can't wait. I got to try them. Am I from Greece? No. Um, my, my ancestors are. I'm, uh, wait, how far am I? I'm third generation. My, my father-in-law, not my father, what am I saying? My, my grandfather, uh, came from Greece 
he's got an interesting story but uh yeah so i'm one of my third generation from greece uh watching that series makes me happy to be pescatarian but my eyes are even wider now great series yeah don i feel the same way i feel exactly the same way exactly i'm thankful i'm thankful i made the change i'm i don't really talk about that much either you know i'm a pescatarian um pretty much vegetarian I, i eat a little bit of fish um but but pescatarian I don't talk about that because, again, I don't like to get stuck on like a specific eating framework because because it turns you know some people don't want to do that and that's what I'm here for. Um, so I don't really talk a lot about that, but I'm I'm very glad that I made that shift. Um, and if you watch the show, you probably think about it, you know. Um, but that's something. If you ever guys are interested in that, that's something I, can, I never talk about. My, my vegetarian. I used to call myself a vegetarian, but then I found out now it's it's more accurate to call myself a pescatarian. But that shift was one of the biggest shifts in my life. You know, for for a million reasons. Um, hey, you say thanks for being real and say the truth. You're welcome. You're welcome. Karen says you're right. I kind of am. Neely, <laughs> uh, how you doing? I do, but when I'm stressed, I lose it. I have no self discipline in those moments. Then hate myself. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, folks. That's what what that's the biggest challenge you all have. Right, you're doing great, and then all of a sudden you get stressed out or upset or depressed or angry, and then you you lose control. Um, I guess good news is I will have things to sell. I won't sell them on this here because, again, I'm here to help you guys out for free. That's my goal here. Um, my mission is to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight. Um, but I do have a book I'm working on, and I'll be selling that. It'll be a dollar, you know, because you have to charge something for it on Amazon. Um, but it's called The Six-Second Diet. Um, but it deals with that stuff, right? Because you know what dictates – you know what's dictating your weight more than anything else in the world? It is your – emotional state when you make a food decision right think about this right what's the difference between you making a good food decision and a bad food decision a healthy one and an unhealthy one it's not your knowledge right it's what is it what do you think it is this is really important it's really your mood it was also my willpower well not really because your willpower is your, your willpower is tied to your mood folks right if you get stressed out if you're stressed out and freaking out about something, your willpower goes, whoop, it just disappears. So how are you going to get willpower when you're stressed out? Because you don't even understand what willpower is, folks. So let's just talk about this real quick, okay? Because this is what I mean. Like, this is the mindset work I'm talking about. Like, when you understand some of the details of, when you understand, like, the the, the mindset details of how to master your weight, weight loss becomes a lot less confusing, and one of the key things is understanding willpower, you know, because willpower, what is it? Do you know? Right? This is one of those things like you're basing all of your weight loss on willpower and you don't even know what willpower is. You got a vague sense of it, you know? Well, let's talk about it because this is going to be helpful for you. So willpower is like a muscle, metaphorically, and it's a prefrontal cortex process, right? So you got your brain um, and the newest part of your brain is your prefrontal cortex, evolutionarily. And so your prefrontal cortex is the part of your brain that handles your planning things, strategic thinking, um, executive functioning, and that's where your willpower is, okay? And so when we get stressed, what happens is we activate our fight, flight, or freeze system, our, our, par- our sympathetic nervous system, and we go into a fight, flight, or freeze mode. In a fight, flight, or freeze mode, when we're stressed, the blood goes from our brain down to our body. Right? Because again, if you think evolutionarily, when we're fight, flighting, or freezing, it's this very reactive, temporary state where it's like we're like this here. We're not thinking about the meaning of life in that state. You can't. Right? You're just very, very impulsive, very reactionary. Okay? So when you get into a stressed state, your willpower goes down because the blood goes from your prefrontal cortex, which is the most energy intensive part of your brain, and it disappears, it goes down to your body. And so we do not want to rely on willpower. And we certainly, if you're going to rely on willpower, you better learn to be able to relax. So once you relax and activate your parasympathetic nervous system, the blood goes back up to your prefrontal cortex and you start thinking more clearly. See, but you're getting stressed and expecting willpower to be there. And it's not. It's never going to be. It's, it's literally, the, the blood goes from here down here. It shuts down your prefrontal cortex when you get into a, paras- into a sympathetic fight, flight, or freeze state. You know, so those moments when when you're making a food decision, what's dictating your food decisions more than anything else is the emotional state you're in when you're making them. And if you're stressed, anxious, overwhelmed, depressed, lonely, angry, upset, your chances of making a good food choice are very, very low. If you're relaxed, 
calm, centered, at peace, <sighs> breathing more calmly, grounded, you tend to make much healthier food decisions. Why? Because you're using this part of your brain again. So it's not just willpower like fighting against yourself. It's literally your quality of thought. When you ground yourself and relax and calm down, you think about things with more perspective. You see the bigger picture. And that helps you make healthier food choices. So that's just the beginning of it. Again, once we get into mental programming, um, you know, that's even more powerful how to use your brain. Um, yeah, the author of Brightline goes into a lot of detail, the brain and willpower. Yeah, yeah. Susan Pierce Thompson is, I, I love her too. I think she's brilliant. Um, just a super smart, super smart person. And I'm a big fan. I don't love the Brightline model because I don't like rigid things, but that's built for people that have an extremely outlier addiction, addictive personality. And so in that situation, it probably is the best plan. Um, but for the majority of people, it's a little strict for them. It's not, it's not going to work for them. So again, I love her and I love everything she says. Um, you know, I just think I, I like to teach a different strategy. Again, there's 8 billion people. Okay. So we need lots of strategies, right? And you got to find the one that works for you. So, so I, I huge fan of hers though. Um, yes, Jim is such a brilliant resource. Life-changing. Thank you, Don. It's nice of you to say. Um, Bradley says, I think Bramley apples are cooking apples. Some apple chutney was in front of me when making name. <laughs> That's how it is in life, right? Sometimes it's just so funny like that. I, I totally get it. Like I, I got my, my screen name in my personal life and it's like, I just picked it at one point. Now here I am um, 30 years later. And it's like my daughter now is like a version of it, right? It's just, it's so funny, right? That's oh, funny. Cooking apples. Well, I'm still going to try. I'm going to cook them up. Uh, yes, I do a little dairy and eggs too. I'm rethinking those choices. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, Karen says a dollar. Yeah, a dollar. Yep. I want to get the book to everyone. So yeah, it'll be there, but I got to charge something, but that'll be, oh man. I know I, I keep saying, that's what an author says, right? They, uh, um, oh, Dhev says, I agree. That's why I didn't go into a program. Yeah. Again, I, 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 it's fine, you know, and, and, you know, I, I love her. I think she's so great. And I think I, I just love that she's doing what works for her. And, and obviously, listen, anything that, that you put out there in the world that really works for you, there's always going to be people that resonate with that. You know what I mean? Like there's always going to be people, a lot of people too, 8 billion people. There's a lot of people um, that, that can really resonate with that approach. And I think that's great. So what I'm saying is I'm not judging the approach. It's kind of like, um, I, I always think about Martin Luther King. They asked him one time what he thought about this general. And he goes, I think he's a, he's a good man. And they're like, how can you say that? He, he's a, you know, he's, he's in the war industry in a sense. And he goes, I don't judge a person based on my values. I judge them how they live up to their values, you know? And so I think about that a lot. Um, I, I don't necessarily, for, for me, that, that approach would never work. Um, but I think it's, it's nice to be able to sit with someone whose approach wouldn't work for you and be able to recognize all the benefits of it and how it'll help a lot of other people. But the key point gets to this in terms of how it's going to help all you is, when you're looking at a plan, don't do a plan that you're dreading or don't do a plan that feels like, oh my God, I, I don't want to do that. I can't, I'll never be able to do that. If it feels that way, there's a million ways to lose weight. If you, if you really honor yourself first and foremost, you're going to get a lot better results because you're going to be able to build on top of what you're doing that works for you. And I know you're not used to thinking this way because the diet mindset is like, you just want to start day one with a perfect plan, just doing it. The idea where you're going to create a plan that's worked for you is kind of, it's an alien concept and it's, it's scary. You'll go, oh, I'm not going to lose weight instantly. Maybe not, but who gives a shit about what's fast weight loss, folks? Is fast weight loss losing 20 pounds in a month and then putting it back on because you can't sustain it? Or is fast weight loss losing 50 pounds over a year that you maintain? You know what I mean? Like it's all about how long it lasts in my world, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Myra says the 8 billion people with at least 8 billion problems, right? Exactly. So true. Um, <laughs> yeah. Overall weight loss, meds will not work long term. There's a deeper problem we have to address. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I was just talking to someone today um, and they were telling me about a person they know with the surgery. I, and I don't think a lot of people necessarily know this, is that the surgery is not like some magic fix either. And, and I think the surgery is very interesting, whether it's the, the bypass or the lap band, um, whichever you choose the same issue pops up. And I think it's very instructive because I don't, I think nothing proves the point that your weight comes down to mindset more than that. Because when you can shrink your stomach down to a third of the size and you still are overweight, what else do you think it is folks? You know what I mean? Like, and now I know you think, Oh, mindset is that even going to work? It's because you don't even know about mindset. You know what I mean? Like, like, but when you understand it, everything starts to make sense, you know, but so yeah. 
so we got to address the deeper issues. I think if you really want to get the results you're looking for, and again, it's not just about weight loss. I'm going to say this in closing here that I think you want to take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development, make this a process where you become the best version of yourself possible. Don't just lose weight. Losing weight takes a lot of effort and energy, no matter what system you use. And so why not dedicate that energy and effort and time to something that's going to benefit you in lots of ways, more than just the weight, the scale going down, you know? Hey, Chuck, how you doing? Thank you. Yep, your way makes healthy effortless once you accept the process. I, Chuck, I'm going to screenshot that because it's true. That, that's, that's one of the best descriptions I've seen is that, you know, it, it gets... When, there's always that quote that people overestimate how much weight they can lose and underestimate how much weight they can lose. People overestimate how much weight they can lose in a month and underestimate how much weight they can lose in a year. And it really speaks to the context of how you think of weight loss. You don't think about, if you're a dieter, you don't think about weight loss as something that you're, you're learning and growing and changing and evolving as a person. You just think, okay, I'm the same person, but tomorrow I'm going to eat totally different and then I'm going to lose weight and I'll be the same person then. I just eat different. And that is not true. Anything in your life that you've done consistently over time, you've evolved and grown as a person within that, right? For a lot of people, it's work, maybe as a parent, whatever. But things you've done long-term, you've gotten better and better and better at as you've done it. You know, you've met things that were hard. Now you've mastered. I was, someone in the program was saying like they were a nurse. You know, the first time you go and take blood, you're nervous, you're anxious, it's hard, you're different, you're worried. And then eventually you do it a bunch of times and now it's just, you know what I mean? It's just part of the routine. And so your weight mastery becomes like that. At first things are like, oh, this is hard. And then you master it and now it's just automatic. And they move on to the next thing and then it's hard and then you master it and then it's automatic, you know? Until eventually, you know, you're sitting on this foundation of all these automated behaviors you do that keep you at your goal weight naturally and automatically. But, but I know you're, like your brain doesn't even comprehend that, that idea because all you do is you think, okay, con- I'm going to force myself to act different tomorrow and for the rest of my life, you know? Oh, look at that. I'm going to definitely screenshot that too. Thank you, Chuck. Um, that is awesome. By the way, I maintained my weight for two years thanks to you. 178 pounds. Holy shit. That's amazing. Chuck, I got to interview you. I, I, I know. You, you, what a story. What a story. Um, but that's what I'm talking about. I, I, I'm focused on maintenance, living at your goal weight forever. And I, and I think that's one of the big distinctions between me and a lot of the weight loss industry because they're just telling you the, the false hope of losing the weight instantly or as quick as possible. And you're, you're, you're stuck in that. You know, that's not what you want. You, you've done it. You've lost weight and you put it back on. You want to master your weight, right? It's a much more motivating goal. And it's an important one now because, again, you're stuck right now. I know if you're listening, if you're not losing weight and you're stuck, you think about weight loss all the time, you're not making it happen. It's because you think the only way you can lose weight is by dieting. And your brain knows that that doesn't work. And so it's demotivated it. And now you can't even get yourself started. So the real, I I think the first thing you got to do is you got to start walking a different path. Let weight loss go and start walking the path of weight mastery. It's a much better path. Um, It's easier. It's more enjoyable. It sets you up for long-term success and, and a million other things. All right. Um, all right, well, I got to get out of here. So uh, again, if you have not yet, go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session, watch the training I give you, read the emails I send you, um, listen to the podcast. It's Program Yourself Then. I do one every weekday. It's on all the, the major platforms. Um, but yeah, get the hypnosis session. That's the big one because get in my world. Um, I do trainings. Uh, I do stuff all the time. I got good things planned and, and coming up. Um, Bryce says, as a family man, your services are on my budget. I appreciate the value you're providing here. You're welcome, Bryce. You're welcome. Um, and I got some some new options coming that are more budget-friendly. So I'm excited to offer those. Um, they're almost ready to go, too. And so I think that, again, there's been a little shift in... in, in uh, yeah, Astrid, I'll see you, I'll see you in, a, in an hour or two here. Um, but yeah, I, I'll have some other options for people that want to kind of get in my world with some services want to invest in themselves in a way that it's more comfortable for you. So again, just one more reason to get on my, my, in my world, in my email list. I'll let you know about those things. Um, <laughs> free is fantastic. Of course. Right. Right. I could go wrong with free. So again, I, and I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm happy, happy as a, a pig and shit to, to offer, you know, free coaching and help and, and mindset work and all the rest of it. it, it again, it's a, it's a passion of mine. So um, thank you so much, guys. This was a great one. Great stuff you guys are giving me. I have a super day and we'll talk soon. Goodbye everyone. <laughs>